to the Man Up Podcast. I'm Winston Wolf. I solve problems. A spiritual oasis for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. So, for the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men, this is Man Up. And welcome everybody. This is the Man Up, Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, we're just regular guys. This is podcast number 155. Hard to believe. And we're glad you're here. Where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab a globe, spin it around. Bang! If you happen to land in the state that is starting to loosen up and there's starting to be some traffic, pretty good chance that you're in Texas. So southeast corner of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland, and we are still in the COVID 19 quarantine doing the Zoom podcast. So, <clears throat> as we come down to the uh, to the ending of the shutdown, I mean, we're we're thinking that maybe two or maybe four more. Uh, I and we talked about previously about because this is a men's leadership spiritual leadership we we feel that men are leaders not only of their families but of their occupations but of their community and the thing about it is uh in times of crisis that's when men really need to stand up and I, i we have a we have a great panel and we we typically go around and uh we have various publications but we are in a Connect 360, which is a Baptist Way Press uh, publication. It's been outstanding. This is uh, Lesson 13, uh, The Master's Touch, um, about Jesus and uh, two men who were physically blind and emotionally desperate. And we've been talking about the miracles, the transforming power of Jesus. And... I'm going to go around the room and uh, introduce the the fellas. And uh, what we have is uh, he's a world-class policy writer. He's also a bit of a professional gambler. And that's Mr. Steve Titches here. We have an attorney. You can't do anything without an attorney in this litigious society. But he's also a prosecutor. So he could defend you or he could throw the book at you. That's Mr. Michael Cropper is here. And we have a world-class trainer uh, for a fortune not 500, 100 company. And that's Professor Robert Koshu. And uh, who we're missing, who's uh, here on a regular basis, is uh, Deacon Kyle. He's an insurance guy, great guy. Um, Apparently, he is power without. And we have had a massive storm. So I'm actually from Michigan. And we have people that listen to this podcast from literally all over the world. And when storms come through here, it is totally different than places, say, like Michigan. Uh, the, the water comes down so hard and so fast, it could wash off a tattoo. Uh, it is just unbelievable. And it blew in uh, just this afternoon. And <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, it... And the thing about it is, because we're in a coastal region, I uh, it, it, it looked really nice out. I hadn't been listening to the radio. I'd been, because I'm a, basically a contractor, but, you know, a writer and actor. And I'm the director of, uh, of Man Up. And it was a beautiful day out. And I thought, wow, I've, uh, I've done all my uh, dr- dropping of my supplies off. I've got my crews working. I'm going to go get my car wash. It was four, my truck wash. It was 4.05. Four, 440, the heavens opened up. So I paid for a car wash and I had a clean vehicle for about 35 minutes. So I just want to let you know that stuff happens to us too. And we're hoping that you have a little bit of a sense of humor about what's going on in your life and in your area and uh, we're gonna have uh, an overview of this particular scripture and podcast and I'm gonna go around the room and have the fellas give a basic overview and then I'll go ahead and I'll read the scripture 
But we this has been probably about 10 uh, podcasts that we have been doing. And this was really hard for me, uh, this quarantine issue. But as I've adapted, because I, I don't make money unless I'm busy. And I haven't been, I've been busy, kind of busy, but not busy enough. But I've taken the time to slow down, to listen to people, to actually kind of minister to them. And I don't normally do that. And I hope that you men out there are taking this time to do that. Um, prime example, uh, I don't, uh, my, I have kids that are in college and I don't necessarily spend a lot of time with their friends, but a lot of their friends are from single parent families and uh, a lot of them just were raised by their mothers and just want to talk to a dad. And I, I have the time and it's been actually fairly rewarding, although I would never do that previously. So I hope that, uh, that you're doing some new things on this faith walk that you have. And I want to, uh, bring, bring the guys in and, and, not only do an overview of this particular lesson, but see if there's been anything new um, that they've done in this uh, uh, during this quarantine time. And you know, start off with Mr. Steve Titch. Anything new? Well, I'm I'm finding a lot to do around the house. Um, I pretty much uh, put a lot of work into both uh, front lawn and backyard. It needed a it it needed a uh, some the front lawn needed some uh, patch, some some plugs, some grass plugs, um, and uh, so just kind of had a lot, a little bit of time to you know to get them plugged and to really keep them watered. And the the front looks great. The back, the back grass backyard, uh, also looking great. Actually, the grass back there has been uh, has has hasn't been this lush, you know, for a few years. Um, and I think in part because it's getting a lot of water and it's getting a lot of attention. Uh, we've got, my wife and I got a, an herb garden going. Um, mostly she and my son did it, but it's, it's great because I, I, and I've taken on most of the cooking responsibilities, which has been, been fun. So, uh, and, uh, so that has been, that has been some of the new stuff, uh, getting to do. Um, we're, uh, we're still, we're, you know, we're getting a home cooked meal every day. Thanks, you know, mostly, mostly me because, because I had the time to do that. Um, and so there, there's some new stuff there. Uh, of course, there's, um, you know, there's, they're still doing the podcast and, and uh, some other things, but, uh, you know, kind of, kind of taking care of the, taking care of the space, so to speak, outdoors and in. Excellent, being domestic. So go ahead and give your give your basic overview of this oh, lesson. Oh, Steve. well, it's we're we're going to be in in Matthew chapter twenty verses twenty nine through thirty four. Another short healing story, uh, but what's unique about it is um, we'll find Jesus gives two blind men what could best be described as a blank check. Um, they, it begins like a lot of the other healing stories. There are crowds, and the, the, the two, these two blind men reach out, and crowds kind of give them a diss. Just keep going. You never mind. Get out of the way. And Jesus, of course, stops. But instead of, you know, instead of kind of just reaching out and healing him or healing him on a spot, or, or in some cases we've seen healing a, a child or, or, or elderly family member from afar, he says to them, uh, what do you want me to do for you? And I think that's kind of the, the gist of the lesson and the challenge. Um, what, what, what would you say if you had a chance to meet Jesus and it's, you know, or God, and, you know, he says to you, 
What do you want me to do for you? I'll leave it at that and, and go back to you, Bill. Excellent. Uh, Michael Cropper, uh, anything new that uh, you've kind of done uh, during this uh, quarantine, if you've uh, become a gardener or, or, or what, or what you've done, and then your basic overview of this, uh, this lesson. You know, Bill, I, there's nothing really that I can think of that I'm doing anything new. To me, it's business as usual, except that I'm avoiding people unless I have a mask on, which we're all told to do. Uh, and and uh, the other thing I'm, I'm really surprised is that if, if you guys have been keeping up with the news lately, there's a lot of people that are still gathering and nice. getting together. Yeah, very good, Steve. Steve puts his mask on, folks, to try try to get our attention off the subject. Anyway, uh, I've been avoiding people, the, and uh, I'm amazed right. at the news. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that people are still getting together, and 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 there and and the the there is a spike in the coronavirus, COVID nineteen if you've seen in some of the big cities where the people have ignored the warnings, either social distance or keep their masks on. Uh, I think Virginia has been spiking upward, Arkansas. So uh, I, I've just been reading that, reading some stories on that and keeping up with that. Now, as far as the, uh, the, the lesson today, um, uh, Steve kind of nailed it. It's another, another healing uh, that Jesus does. It happens to be with two blind men. In Matthew, we are reading all the miracles and uh, touching a lot of the miracles that have been presented in the, in, uh, the Gospel of Matthew. Um, the, Jesus and the past miracles that we've gone through, and by the way, this is the last one in this book, um, which is uh, Connect 360, and it's called Miracles. Um, it, it, we've gone through a few of the miracles in the, in the past 13 lessons, 12 lessons, this one 13, including this one, where Jesus has healed many people. Uh, today's lesson is, um, if, if you grew up in Sunday school, you would know this one, or if you studied miracles or stories about Jesus when you were growing up, which I did. I grew up in the Baptist church and Baptist Sunday school, and this is one of the uh, other miracles that stuck in my mind. And uh, as Steve mentioned, it's about two blind men. Now, to me, they want a touch from Jesus. Now, the things that sticks out in my mind here, because they are blind, they cannot walk just to where Jesus is, because as he passes by them, he's with a crowd. More than likely, the crowd is making a large, large noise. And he's also, the crowd, the description of it is that they are a very large crowd. So I, I'm, I'm sure that they, they are listening and they cannot determine exactly where Jesus is because they ask, what's, what's the commotion? And the people state, Jesus is passing by. Now, the author uses a very simple illustration to show that timing is sometimes important to get what we want in life. And I don't know if any of you, uh, uh, I'm 68 years old. I don't know if any, grew of you, any of you out there listening grew up where you had a popsicle truck come through your neighborhood. But we did, and I did. And I can remember the, the, the song that was played on the popsicle truck and the chimes they used on it. And when it sounded... You had a good 30 seconds to get some change and go out there and meet the popsicle truck. Otherwise, it will go by you. So timing is everything here. And uh, the author's illustration is that his son, one day, they couldn't find money. When they did find money, he ran to the door. He was hearing the truck go by. And he ran to the door, and the door was locked, so he couldn't get out. And the, uh, the illustration here, I think, again, that the uh, author is trying to make is that timing is very important. And, and my question, and, and this struck to me, is if, have I ever missed an opportunity to serve the Lord or see the Lord because I did not, I did not recognize him passing by or because I thought he would pass by again or this opportunity to do this or that would pass by again? Okay, Bill. Interesting. Uh, Professor Koshu. So I'm kind of like Mike. I have been, other than just staying home, um, I'm, I'm working 12, 14-hour days in training. We're kind of, like most of your schools, went to uh, virtual training, and I have a whole diatribe I'll give people on that. Um, all the parents that are complaining, be quiet. They had to 
throw something together and doing virtual teaching versus teaching in person is a apples and oranges comparison and you can do it. And for those people who think, well, they'll have the summer so they can put together a good online curriculum for us to use next fall so we can all stay home. Summer is not enough time to design a one-year curriculum to convert it from in-person to virtual. So I've been doing that for my company, though. We have been taking all the trainings we do that are uh, in-person and converting them to virtual and computer-based, kind of the self-directed trainings. And so I have just been busier than all snot. It was, it's basically, I, I got back my commute because I don't have to commute to an office and I've dumped it into my office time with it as much because so we've just been, I've just been busier than anything trying just with work. So um, yeah, the lesson today, this is an interesting story because we're kind of getting down towards the end. We're in chapter 20 now, Matthew. And Jesus is kind of making his last around hurrahs as he goes around. And he's more or less at the height of his popularity, starting to kind of get some questions. And he visits a city we all have come to know and love, Jericho, mentioned in the Old Testament, rebuilt. And these two guys, and these two guys use a messianic title when they call out to Jesus. They actually referred to him as the son of David. Matthew is one of the only places where Jesus is ever referred to as the son of David. Very much a messianic title. And so using that, they're recognizing his power as the Messiah as they go through. And, and I, I really like Steve's idea of the blank check. Because I, I think that was really an interesting concept. That basically, and then I like to compare it to another time when Jesus healed a blind man and he picked some dirt up and spit into it and made mud and put it on the guy's eyes. And this time he didn't do that. Just touched him and healed him. So a little bit different as we look at it. So should be a really good discussion. Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and read it. It's a short passage. This is Matthew 20, 29 through 34. And as they went out of Jericho, a great crowd followed him. And behold, there were two blind men sitting by the roadside. And when they heard that Jesus was passing by, they cried out, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. The crowd rebuked them, telling them to be silent. But they cried out all the more, Lord, have mercy on us, son of David. And stopping, Jesus called them and said, what do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And Jesus, in pity, touched their eyes, and immediately they recovered their sight and followed him. What I was struck by, this is the getting towards the end of Jesus's public ministry. And the crowds are huge. And there's no doubt that he could heal. And there was probably hundreds, if not thousands of people that were afflicted that he could have picked to heal. But I think he didn't want to be the great healer. He just wanted people of faith. And that's why the stories that we picked are the ones or the, that they picked in this publication <clears throat> are the ones of people that showed that faith. And with that, I'm going to go ahead to Mr. Steve Titch. I, I, it's the, there's, a, there's a double meaning uh, in what the blind men say to Jesus uh, after he asked them, what, what do you want me to do for you? Uh, it's kind of poetic in that they don't simply say heal us or we want to see. He, they say, Lord, let our eyes be opened. And it's almost a prayer we could say. It's because, you know, you can, it, definitely, it definitely addresses the physical situation. They're blind, let their eyes be opened so they can see. But there's also the spiritual dimension. And, and here we have almost a... a a request for clarity. Uh, help me 
understand the whole thing, Jesus. Uh, give me some insight. Give me some some uh, some truth, which is which is a, in, in its own way rather poignant and something certainly I can identify with here. Um, you know what 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 better answer? God, you know, God can come come at you in so many ways, and you know this could be as many ways sounds like almost being you know, all the genie idea. What do you want me to do for you? How, how many wishes do you have? What do you wish? And the answer from these from the blind men are, you know, um, let our eyes be open. Uh, and I think I think again it's subtle at, because this. this this text ends in verse 34. They recovered their sight and followed him, um, which is something we don't always hear about in every healing. Every, you know, sometimes people go home. Sometimes they're, they're basically an example to the disciples here. I think there's an example to the disciples here, uh, but they follow him. So in many ways, they, 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 get, they get their physical sight restored. But they also get a spiritual dimension to this. Uh, they, 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 their faith is confirmed in a way. They, they do call out to Jesus as the son of David, as the messianic figure. Um, and they are cured and they just don't, it doesn't end for them there. They go and follow him. Uh, and, and you could look at it this way. They gained clarity. They, they saw better. They saw who, the, you know, who, who God was, who, who Jesus was, and they, they, they took his path. Uh, interesting. Michael Cropper. I, I, yeah, Bill, I'm, uh, I'm looking at this. Uh, Thinking about it, my uh, my my impression, uh, I guess, has to do with the author making the point that the blind men realized that this was their one chance to be healed. Uh, again, I mentioned the, the the crowd earlier, stating that that they knew what they wanted, and and when Jesus asked, "What would you like me to do for you?" Uh, I, I obviously he's omniscient. If we believe that he is part God, and he he knows they're going to ask for healing of their of their eyes and to be and not to be blind again. But then, yes, as Steve mentioned, he they could be asking for a better understanding of who God, who Jesus is and who God the Father is, and that ultimately happens when they do get healed and they follow him if they stay with him. The other uh, gospels only mention one one person being blind that is healed. They don't mention two blind men at this location. Uh, the author throws out a point that maybe it's, it's possible one of the uh, the two blind men, uh, one of them mentions Bartimaeus is one of the blind men. I think Mark does. Uh, the other one may not have continued to follow Jesus. So the important thing was to bring up the point that that Bartimaeus of the two, if he in fact was to, was the one who followed Jesus and gave his life to him completely. Um, my thoughts go to the the blind, and and I look at them in perspective, and I have to get on myself because the the blind are, back then were disabled. Today we will help a blind man get a job, and we will help provide an opportunity for him to make money and possibly make enough living for him to take care of himself. But back then they were disabled, and they had no means of making a living. They were at the mercy of either any family members who might take them in, provide for them, or place them out in locations where they could beg for money. The children who were born blind may be abandoned by their families if their families could not provide for them if they did not work. In fact, blind persons often beg for money or food. Uh, a place to find a beggar or a blind person was usually a high traffic area, which is where these Matthew says that both of these blind men were. They were on the road from Jericho to Jerusalem, which is a very, very high traffic road. Now, the attitude of the religious people back then was that the disabled person was receiving a judgment from God. 
the disciples asked Jesus, I think in, in, in John 9, verses 1 through 3, disciples asked Jesus when they came across a, a blind person who was born blind, they asked him, who, who sinned, uh, Rabbi? Did his parents sin? Or did he sin? Why, you know, why is he blind? Is it he's he's been judged? Their assumption was that if if you were blind or if you were maimed or disabled or you were a leper, you had sinned or you were judged by God to receive that particular uh, disability. But anyway, respect for a blind person was next to nothing, and they were ridiculed if they made too much noise and disturbed the people around them. If you were blind, you would not receive sympathy or compassion except from your your fellow blind persons. And and I I had to look inside myself and think. Uh, I I do remember when I was young. I do remember seeing some blind people begging, maybe on the city corners downtown. I don't remember where it was. I have not seen them recently. Uh, most of us know here in Houston that if you uh, pass or pa come to an intersection, it's not unusually how usual to have someone ask you for money for food whether in a wheelchair they're walking or holding up a sign for you but i i, I had to look inward at myself and think you know what did, did do i have a tendency to judge these people and see them in a wrong light because on another occasion um i think robert mentioned the the other time when a blind person was healed and uh, no, it is this time in John, my apologies, John 9, 1 through 3, Jesus responded to the disciples and said, this man was not born blind because of a sin from himself or his parents, but he was blind. He was born blind that the kingdom of God might be revealed, and he healed that man. So I, 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 when I look at this lesson, I, I think to myself, you know, be careful. When you see somebody out there begging, when you see somebody that has not had the opportunities that God has granted you, uh, be careful and don't judge them. And above all, don't, don't make fun of them and don't look down on them. Bill? Excellent. Uh, Professor Koshu. I'm intrigued by the crowd, the crowd that, basically did what we've done in our lives that pretty much ignored these guys and told them to be quiet and push them behind. And I, th I think one of the things that we've seen out of this period of time is as you've sat and looked and I'm not, don't want to get into a debate about lockdown versus no lockdown, but the people who wanted and want to maintain lockdown, quote unquote, forever until there is a vaccine, by and large, are white collar people who are working still from home. And in some instances, and if this is you, I am not trying to dodge you or be mean you or do anything. It's been a great time for you and your family. You're, you're Steve, who managed to get his yard taken care of. Or, you know, you, you've invented all these fancy recipes that you've cooked. Or you've done all that. Most of the people in this quarantine that have lost their jobs are people that didn't, weren't at the top anyway. The people that work in restaurants, the people that work in nail salons, the people that cut your hair. You know, um, if, if my cohorts on the podcast have noticed, I have adopted a very serious hat for every podcast because I haven't had a haircut in 12 weeks or more. And it, it's really one of those things where you can see where society ignores people. And I think to Jesus's credit and to our actual admonishment, he tells us to pay attention to those that are hurting, to those that are there. And, and I think that's one of the big lessons of this. Just like a lot of these miracles, a lot of these miracles have been performed on people who others ignored or others did, didn't pay attention to or the people that didn't have a standing in society. They're the people that pretty much 
were ignored. We had the woman um, who touched Jesus and was healed while he was taking care of someone important (laughs) and probably knew everything about the woman who touched Jesus and was healed, but was being ignored by everybody around her. So I think that's one of the great lessons here as men, as we look through things is for us to pay attention to the people in society that don't matter. The people in society that um, aren't taken care of. I saw, and Bill, I would love to know if you know who did this because I never saw it mentioned in the article. It was the weirdest article ever. Um, There was a church that actually installed around 50 hand-washing stations in downtown for the homeless to use. And I'm like, and, and, and you think about this, what's the two things we're told is, as Mike mentioned, everybody's got to wear a mask. Steve modeled his earlier for us and you've got to wash your hands significant amounts of time, not just occasionally. Or if you're a homeless person, how do you wash your hands? And so this church has gone and installed hand-washing statements. I saw our church did a big loaves and fishes thing, and Bill participated in the delivery of it. You know, but taking care of those parts of society that are really being ignored as we've gone through all of this and seeing that. And I think that's one of the lessons we get from this as we go through. Excellent. And we're getting ready for our hard break. This is Man Up Podcast number 155. We will be right back. You are listening to the Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men podcast. Originating out of Sugarland, Houston, Texas, USA, it's the faith-based man podcast that women enjoy too. Called authentic, timely, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been encouraging and entertaining audiences since 2016 and continues to be one of the fastest growing shows in its segment. Want to book a speaker, show, or post a comment? Go to Man Up on Facebook or our website, www.man-upspiritualoasis.com. And now back to the No Church Answers Tour and the fellows of Man Up. And welcome, everybody. This is Man Up, Man Up podcast number 155, Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, but each of us are on this faith journey. We're so glad that you joined us. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on Apple Podcasts. We are Facebook page at Man-Up. We have a website, which is at Man-UpSpiritualOasis.com. And I'm glad that you brought that up, Robert, about the uh, about going down to Loaves and Fishes. I've done that for years. And this was different because Loaves and Fishes is a soup kitchen in downtown Houston. As a matter of fact, it is right across the freeway from the ballpark. And so these people um, are obviously homeless. a a fair amount of mental illness. And so I don't recommend uh, children go there. It's, I I don't want to say it's not safe, but you you definitely have to have chaperones. But what our church did was they uh, made toiletry bags and we delivered them. And I believe it was close to a thousand of them. And, uh, but we also bought, uh, perishable or, uh, non-perishable items that they could put in a sack lunch, uh, for the homeless. So they could grab and go. And we gave, we brought, uh, 3000 of the stirrup handle plastic bags. So the homeless could come there, get a toiletry, um, get a sack lunch, put it in a bag and be able to go out and, and have some kind of hygiene. And it was, it was moving. It was awesome. I I totally enjoy it. And Sugarland Baptist church does a, does a great job. And, and uh, I just, uh, it, it fills your heart. It really does. You know, my take on this particular, um, lesson is a little bit different uh from you know uh, the rest of the panel and that's why we have different guys so we discuss it maybe you'll identify with what i say more than the other guys or you might just say that i'm nuts but uh i never had that eureka moment of faith my faith has been a steady 
walk. There's, there's moments that have been more spiritual than others. There's challenges that I've had, but I never had the moment where I felt like if I don't do something, I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss out never really had that mine is is kind of like and i guess maybe that's why i'm a contractor it's kind of like just one brick at a time um as i go through this faith walk but i'm not saying it doesn't happen to people obviously it happened to these two blind people and i'm sure there's men out there that have experienced it my take on this particular uh, lesson is these two blind men were on that walk, recognized the opportunity that they had. And just like what Michael said in the illustration about the ice cream truck, this was their moment. And if they didn't, if they didn't get it now, they weren't going to get it. And And it's interesting that Jesus picked up on that because there had to have been in the crowd just hundreds, maybe thousands of people that needed healing of some type. But he picked these two. Maybe they're you. Maybe that's that's what you're going through. And that's kind of how I I take this lesson and and kind of a, a... apply it to my own life that maybe there will be that moment. Um, although I'm, I'm on this faith journey, but something else might come up. That's totally awesome. Has even more meaning that I will need to, I will need to absolutely do to capture the moment to realize all the potential of my faith. And I think that's part of this lesson is being on the lookout for that moment. With that, I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to Mr. Steve Titch. Yeah, um, I, I want to review some of the things that, that, that we've been talking about, especially what Robert was saying. This, if, if, we, if we look at the inference of, the, of, the, of how these events are, are told, uh, this is happening as Jesus is going to make his final uh, trip to Jerusalem. Um, a few, in the next chapter in Matthew, chapter 21, is the triumphal entry. So one can imagine, and, and it's difficult to, because we're all, you know, we're 2,000 years removed, but along this road, I mean, crowds were always around Jesus. You had the disciples, you had all these people, and probably many of them already are making the pilgrimage to Jerusalem because Passover was a big festival. So you can imagine, you know, maybe Jesus in the middle and the disciples and everybody trying to keep up because, in, you know, in Luke, we, we can infer that he told many of his well-known parables, the, the prodigal son especially, on this last trip. Uh, and so people are hanging on, people are hearing. Some people, I'm sure, are there because well, it's the place to be. There's a big crowd. And yes, the, the, Jesus stops and actually hears these two marginalized blind men at the side of the road who were probably there because they knew, hey, it's, it's the peak season and we'll get some coins out of this. And, you know, the, maybe they pick up on the buzz from hearing it's, it's this Jesus of Nazareth, the, the, the son of David. Um, but you know, I, I'm going back to this image of, of Jesus being surrounded by this crowd of people. And I, and, and I want to pick up what Robert was saying about um, the current situation. I mean, we've been slowly being pushed into our bubbles uh, already through social media, through our, you know, our communities and through decisions to stay, you know, within our own with our own either peer group or income group. And, you know, we've gotten into these echo chambers. And to, to get a little somber here, uh, we've heard 
you know, people say, even, even our pastors say, oh, it's great that we can do this over Zoom now. Oh, it's great that we can still make contact. I wonder about this because I, I, if, if this had happened, this COVID-19 thing had even happened 10 years ago, let alone 20, we, we would have to be out there dealing with it. And I think on my darker days, I'm worrying if we're beginning to use all this technology as a crutch to simply validate our own selves. Because now we're not even out there seeing the homeless. Totally um, interesting yeah, point, and 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 it's it's quite, and I think for it's a I think for for, for the intelligentsia, the elite, and a certain economic class of which I will count myself, it's very easy to just chill. Oh yeah, we've got this. Um, we still got our clients. We can do work for them. We've got our deadlines. This is the way we've, we've been doing it. For, for years now, and when we are, when when the day is over, we can we can watch Netflix or Disney Plus because you know that's what we do anyway. It almost it almost is beginning to validate this this cocoon style of of you know of isolation and and not only that e echo chamber. And I don't know how good that is in the long run. I don't want to get too comfortable with this. Because, you know, and, and it's the, the reality of the situation, you can't, you can't go up. But the longer we stay like this, this, this shouldn't be the new normal. I'm not going to talk about, you know, opening up. But if, if we get too comfortable with this, that is, that is, a, not, that is not, that's a bad thing. I'm going to come out and say, it. we get too comfortable living like this, it is a bad thing. What? Excellent point, Steve. Uh, Michael Cropper. Or go, go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead, Robert. Yeah, go ahead, yeah. So, and it's interesting because I, I'm reading a book right now called Reality is Broken. And I'm reading it in light of trying to do some virtual training design with gaming. But he, but he talks a lot about that, Steve, that we have gotten into this. And, and I like how you're referring to it as an echo chamber where we hear voices that are just like ours and we see things that are just like ours. And I'm kind of like you. I'm a little fearful for the new normal because there is a very and i'm kind of like you i'll count myself in that class too because in reality i'm still working i'm still making my salary you know matter of fact i can argue i've saved money because i'm not spending gas and i'm not eating out and i'm not getting my dry my dress shirts dry cleaned and you know because i'm you know i'm wearing one shirt pretty much all week and shorts the same and i do change my underwear and i do shower but but, you know, but it, it's the new norm. If this becomes the new norm, then we have socially isolated ourselves. And human beings by nature, and, and you see this time and again with Jesus, where he demonstrates physical touch and contact and socialization with people. And even these guys, he walks up to them. And my bet is very few people walked up to them and handed them the coins. There was probably a basket sitting there. Yeah, and, and Steve's doing kind of the little toss, you know, as you walk by. You know, it might have been a joke for the younger guys, you know. Well, I can do it from 10 feet away this time, you know, to get it in there. Well, know, the old, does, I think it's the same yeah. today. We, we, you know, it's, it's, there's a person sitting there, you know. They, don't, they have a little carton or something. I, I don't think it was any different. Yeah. Well, especially today, we might try to throw it in there, especially with the possibility of the COVID virus. Yeah. 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 But, you know, but it, it, Jesus went and touched these guys, physically touched them. And as Steve said, he just didn't walk up and say, okay, touch their hand and heal them and walk away. He actually engaged them in conversation and asked what they wanted. And so I'm kind of like Steve. I think the more we socially isolate, the more it becomes me and mine doing what I want and nobody else wants and not realizing that, that there's a – there is a long-term consequence to all of this that we can go into. So, Excellent. Michael Cropper. Yeah, I, I agree with the guys. Uh, I, I, miss, uh, I miss getting together with people. There's nothing to me like being in the same room with people and visiting. And Bill, you've said this so many times that, that we miss sitting in the same room and delivering the, uh, the podcast 
where we can make faces at each other or point to things and, and, and talk. Of course, people can't see that because we're not visual in this broadcast. We're audio. But it, there is something about camaraderie that when we're sitting together and we're broadcasting, uh, there's more excitement. There's more um, um, more energy to each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up just a little bit practically again um, and go back to what Steve and everybody has mentioned. Uh, Jesus asked the blind man, he says, uh, so what can I do for you? What would... What would I say myself, Michael Cropper, if this happened? Would I ask for wisdom, healing, and money? And I'm going to tell you the thing that come pop, popped into my mind the first time I read this. And unfortunately, Bill, you, as you have pointed out, uh, Kyle can't be here. Kyle has said over and over and over, you guys, y'all know this. He says, oh, to have the power to be able to heal somebody. I know all of you remember that. He said that over there. He just says, He's just enthralled that Jesus could just touch people and heal them. And he said, what a gift that would be, because we've studied the gifts of spirit. We've studied other gifts and uh, uh, the fruits of the spirit. And, and that Kyle has just made a, a big deal about that. And he cannot join us tonight. So I'm disappointed about that. Now, a couple of things real quick. Uh, the blind men followed Jesus after they were healed. Indeed, they did. Uh, Bill, you brought up the ministry of loaves and fishes. Uh, folks, and I, I mentioned to you that I, I, I have to get on myself. Sometimes I avoid those people who are down and out, especially sometimes in, on the corner of the street. If I don't, if I'm not in the mood to give them money, I drive to the other lane and go around them or avoid them. Um, the loaves and fishes where Bill has talked about our church does, and Bill has been a part for years and years, and his wife too. They go directly into the location where the homeless are and they feed them. And I'm telling you, that is a plus. That's what Jesus says over and over in the Bible and the Old Testament and the New Testament. God, uh, he pats people on the back and he says, this is what I want. The righteous, David says this in Psalms. In Proverbs, the righteous will take care of the orphan, the widow, the widow, and those who are incarcerated in jail, and I can't help but think those also mean the homeless folks. So feeding the, the person who is hungry is necessary, by the way, before you preach to them. If any of you have read any lessons or article, Salvation Army and a number of the, the ministries, uh, like Bill's ministry or has, been, has mentioned, if you want to get a person's attention who is hungry or starving, you first feed them and then you preach the gospel to them because they cannot sit there for 20 minutes while you preach them the gospel of Jesus Christ and then tell them we're going to give you food because their mind will be on eating or drinking water, or drinking whatever you're going to provide for them. So anyway, the question I, I mentioned earlier as a blind man I asked you for money. How did you feel about it? Did you feel compassion for them? Uh, I said, I've tried to walk away sometimes or avoid them. I can't say I'm proud of that. But And then there are sometimes I've gone to them and talked to them and, and given them some money. This, this lesson reminds me that I can miss an opportunity to honor Jesus if I'm too focused on myself. And do we honor the Lord in everything we do? The Lord does like to be recognized. Uh, if you remember, folks, if you've heard the lesson on the 10 leopards, who cried out to Jesus and wanted, wanted to be healed. And he looked at them and told them and said, go to the synagogue. And as they turned around, all 10 went to the, toward the synagogue and they were all healed. But one of them saw that he was healed and he turned around and he returned and he practically ran back to Jesus and worshiped and bowed down and praised him. And by the way, Jesus mentions that this was a Samaritan. And Jesus asks him and says to him, what are, where are the other nine who were healed also? So the blind men in this story today, folks, they knew who Jesus was. And I cannot help but think that in their mind, they not only thought that the location was good to ask for money, but they hoped sitting in this location on a mainly traveled road that one day Jesus might pass by and they might get the opportunity to see him. Bill? Excellent. Going to go around the uh, the room one final time to get some takeaways, and going to end up with uh, Robert Koshu. He's going to uh, preview Daniel that we're going to be doing in two weeks, and we're going to do something special 
next week. Uh, hey, we're we're guys, and we'll we'll decide that as it goes. And uh, <clears throat> one thing about loaves and fishes, and I have to give my wife credit about this, is she sat down with the staff and figured out what were the biggest needs for these people. How can we package it for them so they can take it and go? So, because it's not open. You, you can't serve meals like, like it had been previously. So uh, they got the idea of the toiletries, uh, got the idea of the non-perishable foods that people can grab and then they, they could last for a couple of days. Uh, also, uh, a huge amount of bottled water because it's, it's hot in Houston. And that just opened my eyes that not only do you want to help a person that is needy, find out uh, what the real need is and what will help them. I have no doubt these packages that we put together and there was, there was well over a, a thousand of the toiletries and every bit of a thousand to 1200 of the meals as well. Um, that's going to help these people and it's going to sustain them uh, for a few days through this virus. So, um, pay attention. And I think that's the, that's the big thing, um, that I, that I get from this. And, and, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the study of Daniel. And, uh, so with that, get, get a couple of takeaways from Steve Titch. Yeah, thanks. Um, what I, I, I come back to the question of what, what would I, what would I say if, if Jesus were to ask me, what could, what could he do for you? And, you know, the first, you know, the first thought is, you know, give me, you know, a, a Ferrari and a nice house. But more seriously, you know, I, I put some thought into that, some medica meditation into it. Actually, I, I think I'm going to be perfectly honest. You know, certainly, certainly good health through the rest of my life. I, I don't necessarily need, you know, everlasting life, but to be to be relatively healthy until I die. Um, otherwise. You know, maybe maybe greater greater empathy. Um, I'm I'm kind of an analytical person, more uh, more uh, than than emotional. So sometimes I you know sometimes I could use maybe more of a sense of connection to other people, uh, or um, maybe even knowing that what I do day to day makes some difference in the in the grand scheme of things so it comes back to to even what the blind men said um you know back to that line there uh lord let our eyes be opened i, I think that's one of the best answers you can give or is, is one of the best thoughts to have if you're you know you know even in even in a, in a line of prayer, let my eyes be open. Show me some. Show me. Show me where I can be of service. Show me how I can be stronger spiritually. So many ways that question. So many ways God can answer that request of you at different times, different times of the day, different times of the year, different times in your life. Excellent, Michael Cropper. Uh, your basic uh, takeaways uh, from this lesson. Yeah, very short, Bill. Um, if you have a home, folks, and you have food on your table, thank God for his blessings. And as, as Steve just mentioned, if you have health, if you can see, if you can talk, if you can hear, if you have two legs, you can walk, then thank God because he has richly, richly blessed you. Don't take anything for granted. Back to you, Bill. Excellent. And uh, Professor Koshu, a couple of takeaways, and you can go ahead and now give us the uh, preview of Daniel. Uh, my takeaways are real simple. It, it's really always be ready for what God has in store for you. And 
don't be afraid to look at the people that are society has deemed don't matter because we've really been called as Christians to reach out and minister to them and kind of separate ourselves out from that. Um, so Daniel, um, in two weeks, we're going to take next week and we're going to do something special. We're still working on that plan. At least I think we are. Um, but in two weeks, we're going to start tackling the book of Daniel and Daniel. First of all, Daniel is full of great stories because everybody's going to know it's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And it's the story of Daniel in the lion's den. And it's the story of everything else. And we're not going to talk about any of those, I don't think. <laughs> Maybe the fiery furnace, but I don't think it's in the lesson plan as I look through it. Oh, man. I'll have to look at it again. I know. I'll have to look and see again. But, the pasture, get the okay, let's find, another, <laughs> book. <Yeah. laughs> let's find but, another book. Let's find another book. But what, what we're going to do, though, because the title is Faith Under Fire. And so in the midst of the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and – Daniel and the lion's den stories that everyone's really familiar with. Cause that's when you say Daniel, that's what everybody thinks about is those two stories. There's an entire story mixed in there about how you live your faith out in a world that does not recognize your faith. And that totally goes against everything you believe and how you interact that with your faith and that's really the bigger story of Daniel. And so that's what I'm really looking forward to, because this is one of those, we love the story of the 10. I would say outside of one of our David studies, and notice I said one of our David studies, the 10 commandment study was one of my favorite ones we ever did. And we all thought that was going to be hard to do because it was one commandment for 10 weeks. <laughs> and it was one of the best discussions we've had. Daniel, I think, is going to generate some of those same discussions, because if you want to learn what it's like to live your faith in a post-Christian world, the book of Daniel is a great place to start. So that'll be in two weeks. So let's see, June, the week of June 7th. So that's going to be 8, 9, 10, June 10th, June 11th, something along those lines is when we'll record that podcast. So looking very, very forward to it and very excited about it. So back to you, Bill. By the way, this was our 11th week of quarantine. Wow. Podcast. Well, the only reason I know that so well is because I've, this is my 11th week working from home. Wow. And, and that's one thing. Every time someone yells at you about, well, these people should have had three to six months of savings. They spent three months of it already. Right. <laughs> Even if you had three to six months of savings, if you had three, you pretty much at the end of your rope. If you had six, right. you got to be looking at it going, I spent half of everything I had saved. Right. So. Well, thank you so much, uh, fellas. Uh, awesome. Sorry, Kyle, couldn't be here. Um, and we're so glad that uh, you came and joined us. You might have found us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts. Uh, all the podcasts are archived on SoundCloud. We have a Facebook page at Mandash Up. Uh, we also have a website, which is at mandashupspiritualoasis.com. We're here for you, and we understand the quarantine and the challenges that are you, you are going through. Uh, we recognize that men matters and the, uh, the death by despair that is going on and the suicide by neglect that is going on and we're here for you and each and every one of us want to encourage you that if you don't have a bible-based church that is streaming you can go to sugarland baptist and we have every sunday our services streaming so thank you so much for joining us and when it does open up we want to encourage you to buy uh, to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go. And we want you to participate in the small group, which is what we started with. But then, of course, with the quarantine, that we have to do this uh, teleconferencing thing. But we're going to be back at it pretty soon. And want to encourage you that when you're able to go, 
go and find a ABF, Adult Bible Fellowship, or a Sunday school class that's a small group, and find one that's men only. And if there isn't one, start one! This is Man Up! You've been listening to Man Up. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Dedicated to the uncommon man, created by equally uncommon men. If I were the man I was five years ago, I'd take a flame through into this place! You can contact us on Facebook under Man-Up. Post questions, and we'll answer them right here on the Man Up Podcast.